Hi everyone, welcome back to Into the Void. I'm your host Ant and you join me today for episode number 31 of my weekly audio diary, or A-log as I also like to call it, in which I share my observations about the world and this strange thing we call life during this particular time in human history, which as we know is becoming ever more um, bizarre as each day um, passes and it really is it is quite uh, it can be quite a challenge navigating life so hopefully I'll be able to share some little pearls of wisdom along the way to you all so thank you for tuning in um, today uh, it's good to be back to it's good to be back talking to you all as always so the first thing I wanted um, to mention in today's episode um, is a theme that I picked up on really in the first uh, in my very first episode of Into the Void um, back in June of last year now hard to believe where all the months all the weeks and months are racing by and I spoke I briefly mentioned um, you know about this phenomena of following people online and um, teachers content creators um, podcast hosts and, and things like that and I mentioned Laurie Ladd who I've been following for quite a, a number of years and I spoke a little bit about um, you know how we, we can become sort of obsessed about the size of people's um, followings and the number of subscribers they've got and, and that can often I think sort of um, blindside us to the actual quality of what the content creator, the podcast host, whatever they are, however they describe themselves, um, you know, it can it can mean we we um, sort of miss the point really, because uh, we do tend to live in a sort of world or society obsessed with numbers, and uh, if something is popular, then it it somehow means that the it means it's good quality. Anyway, so with that in mind, um, recently on my TV, so I quite like to watch YouTube videos, even though the bastards, um, even though the bastards cancelled my account uh, back in September 22, there is quite a lot of good stuff on there. So one podcast that occasionally pods up, pops up, sorry, is called. Um, the Next Level Soul podcast, um, and it's hosted by a chap called Alex Ferrari, good old Italian name there, um, like my own. And um, he's had, you know, some big hitters um, on his shows, very popular. I believe he has several hundred subscribers. Anyway, the particular episode of his show that uh, I watched um, was with Greg Braden. Uh, of course, he's a um, well-known chap in the, in the kind of conscious community or the new age or however you want to describe it for, for many many years I remember back in the 90s when he was producing cassette tapes and all the rest of it and um, someone who's widely respected um, who's um, written who's written many books as we know and yeah he's um, someone who's quite a high profile figure anyway um, I started watching this interview with Greg Braden and I was absolutely horrified and shocked. He was talking about the situation in the Middle East and he kept mentioning um, October the 7th last year now and this um, alleged, I'll just call it that, attack by Hamas. 
and this so-called massacre that took place. I remain sceptical. As with a lot of these incidents, yes, unfortunately there would have undoubtedly been um, some real killing, but a lot would have been faked. I won't want to get into that discussion too much now. Anyway, um, Greg Braden was talking to this issue and um, he kept mentioning October the 7th, October the 7th, over and over and over again. He made no mention of the suffering of the Palestinian people in Gaza since October and also for many, many years since, um, since the 1940s, since the establishment of the State of Israel. Now, um, the reason why I was shocked and horrified was he, he literally sounded like um, he could have been a, an Israeli an Israeli government spokesperson or even an Israeli military IDF spokesperson. Um, it was actually really quite disgusting. And reading some of the comments, um, I'm not alone, comment after comment, people... Um, on the video was saying who is this has has greg braden been um you know like invasion of the body snatchers um is it actually him has he been has he been taken over because it was all just the kind of sort of propaganda bs sorry for swearing that you will hear on the mainstream media there was no talk of uh love light consciousness connectedness um forgiveness um it was um yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a very strange, um, it was a very strange experience. Um, as I said before, I don't really follow many people. Um, I think that's a, a strange phenomena. Um, but nonetheless, it was still shocking to hear such garbage from high profile, high profile figure like Greg Braden, um, who, you know. For all these years, we're led to believe is is you know is a very wise and conscious um, individual. And again, this you know points to the fact that during this era of what is undoubtedly an apocalypse, which the true meaning of which just means um, a sort of grand revealing of all that was hidden, there are a number of our so-called leaders in the spiritual community. Forgive me for the using that tag. He may not have used it himself. Greg Braden, but many of these people um, really are, are are going to be exposed. <laughs> that's the only way I, I can and put it. And that's that's because we're going through an era now or a period of of um, human history where we can no longer give our continue to give our power away like we've had. Uh, and it so it isn't just. Um, the exposure of corruption and criminality within the mainstream, within day-to-day -day society, within politics, economics, finance, within the judiciary, within the big, within the pharmaceutical industry, um, it, it's it's within it's within the whole of um, it's it's within the entirety of society, and that we need to dispense with this idea of having heroes or heroines or or people that we follow, because the call at this time is to um, is to look within ourselves. Uh, we can't keep looking out there to people to save us. Um, just want to also add that th 
amongst the comments, people are also saying, well, you know, I, I'm not going to, I'm never going to read any of his books anymore. I'm not going to, I'm not going to follow this guy. Many people uh, were saying, well, I'm going to uh, unsubscribe, um, unsubscribe from this podcast. And if you know anything about me and what makes me tick, um, I'm the, I'm the last person, you know, to point the finger and say, you know, heretic, heathen, or, um, you know, controlled opposition, um, false opposition and all such words and shield and, and all the rest of it. Um, so putting all of those kind of um, phrases to one side, it was just it was just revealing and, and just interesting to think, wow, I mean, uh, is he re is he really saying these things? Does he actually really believe um, believe what he's saying? And, you know, some more cynical uh, people might go, well, if you investigate um, a lot of the. Um, publishing companies uh, maybe ones uh, maybe some that have put published his books in the past um, and look look at the money behind all of that uh, then perhaps that might um, explain um, explain his viewpoint but just just lastly I don't want to go on too much but just lastly just on a human level not not to not to mention the suffering of the Palestinian people and and to talk about everything that's gone on as if it's this war and this war against Israel. And uh, it, it, um, it shows me, it demonstrates to me again and, and to all of us, I believe, that, um, you know, we really are in unprecedented times in that one could say people are showing their true colours. People are being forced to do that uh, in, in many ways as we have this um, kind of... Um, sort of gross polarisation and and I'm not someone you know that would say oh we should uh, you know burn all of Greg Braden's books and throw our old cassettes <laughs> in the trash can because of this you know very pro-Israeli stance that he took and I listen to it all because sometimes you can just catch an interview podcast with with a guest and you know, you read the comments and you and you don't actually really form your own opinion. You're just getting your opinion from what other people have said. And it's kind of then it just becomes, as we know, confirmation bias. But no, I listened to it all the way through. And it was, yeah, it was just um, quite shocking, really. But there you go. So if you want to go check that out, it's the um, next, where we are, next soul level uh podcast sorry yeah next level soul podcast get it right and uh with the host alex ferrari one of his more recent um shows within the last few weeks and check it out see what you think maybe uh you know maybe i'm i'm missing the point here but anyway i just thought i'd share that with you guys because um yeah we do need to be aware of all um of all the craziness going on and, and and everything we're in a time when everything everything sort of um everything gets sh shaken up so even people that we would have expected to have a certain type of um view or perspective on an issue um that might that might not be the case because um everyone's cages are getting rattled and it's um it is just um quite unsettling Anyway, um, next up, I want to talk about um, a really quite a major recent news story, global news story, which you've 
probably heard about, which broke in the last sort of just over the last week ago. And this is um, the death of um, a political figure in Russia called Alex Alexei, sorry Navalny, who is said to be one of Putin's main political opponents, and because uh, I believe later this year it's the uh, election coming up in Russia. Now you can imagine um, the Western mainstream media um, had a field day with this. It was claimed that it was found dead whilst in, in custody, but there's all these different rumours that he, he died of a heart attack. There's some re reports in alternative media that he was killed by um, British uh, British intelligence agency. Uh, other rumours that he actually had a, a, a myocardist type um, reaction to the you know what he had um, and he had a heart attack. Sorry. Um, so all sorts of stuff going on. But the message that the mainstream media were putting out was absolutely um, ridiculous in that they were saying, you know, Putin was personally responsible for the unfortunate passing of this this Alexei Navalny character. And, you know, one conjures up the image in image in our minds of Putin, you know, James Bio, James Bond, uh, evil um, sort of opponent style stroking a cat. And he, um, you know, he, he personally lured Navalny in, into his Siberian lair and, and you know, and placed electrodes uh <laughs> on his on his testicles and, and tortured him and just ridiculous nonsense i mean just from a common sense point of view why would why would putin uh, order or action such a thing um you know it's only it's only going to be uh, counter counterproductive i just like also add of course i'm not saying that there are there isn't um corruption within the russian political system all political systems whether in russia the us the uk or anywhere else in the world i hasten to add are all corrupt by their very by their very nature. I mean, maybe there are a few exceptions in a, a little wee Swiss canton in the mountains somewhere in Switzerland. I don't know, but generally, uh, you can be guaranteed that the state and government are not there to to help their people to promote their interests. Anyway, um, I speculate, uh, as other analysts have done and commentators in the alternative media, that. The timing of, of, of this announcement, I'm not saying the guy hasn't died, but the way in which the Western political establishment or the globalists, as we know them, and, and their lackeys in the media, the way they, they have um, put out all of this, you know, more bile against um, Putin being the most evil, the most evil tyrant in the world, I think is a, a response to um, the recent interview he did with uh, Tucker Carlson on his very um, very popular podcast, of course, and um, in which um, Putin very eloquently spoke about the history of uh, Russia, the Soviet Union, spoke about the history of Ukraine, spoke about the history of the Slavic people and what Ukraine uh, means to Russia and what's gone on there in recent years and uh, the Western involvement and, and provocation. So... I think this this uh, interview really kind of spooked the globalists, and um, that's why they're, they're sort of countermeasures, if you will, uh, putting out all this nonsense about what's happened to this um, 
Alexei Navalny um, character who unfortunately died. Um, yeah, and they're uh, very keen to portray Putin as a madman. And it's really quite, um, it's really quite, what's the word, unedifying, uh, extremely unedifying. Unedif it shows you the mediocre quality of the Western political um, leadership in that they know they've lost. They've done their jobs largely in destroying the cohesion and coherency of Western society. So all they've got now is mudslinging and name calling against their their um, you know their their uh, adversaries or or or, uh, or opponents, if you like. And they've they've got nothing else. Uh, and again, this speaks to psychopaths in that they never they'll never admit defeat. So furthermore, in Ukraine, they're still offering financial military support to another uh, globalist puppet, Zelensky, even though the war was 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 lost many, many, many months ago when uh, Russia declared the breakaway regions in the east, uh, including um, Luhansk, um, to be part of Russian territory. And most of the people in those uh, regions who are Russian speaking were quite happy with that. They voted yes in referenda. But as we know, psychopaths, they never give up. They just carry on, and, and it's really quite dis disgraceful the thousands of lives of Ukrainian military personnel who are needlessly being killed thanks to the likes of uh, Western leadership uh, in the UK. Sorry, the Western leadership across the world, so the likes of Sunak, Biden, uh, et al., although of course we know they are just the puppets, but anyway, the force behind them, all the power behind them, it's just relentless. So the meat grinder in Ukraine just continues. And the way when they um, seek to demonize uh, Vladimir Putin, um, the Western media and, and the globalists, it, it reminds me of um, the movie The Life of Brian, uh, Monty Python, one of their excellent movies. Um, and you've got Brian and his mum is saying, He's not he's not the he's not the messiah. He's a very naughty boy. He's a very naughty boy. And that's <laughs> that's all they've really got now for, for the likes of Putin as as the Western world, unfortunately, does seem like this an inexorable, slow, steady um, decline. The next leg to fall probably is is in terms of um, the economy. Wait to see what will what will happen in that regard? Anyway, that's just my um, just my thoughts on a recent major news story because it gives you once again an insight into how the globalists uh, continue to operate um, their madness, their insanity, their arrogance, their hubris, and of course um, how the mainstream media operates as well. Anyway, next up, um, just changing track slightly. I want to I want to consider. A kind of maxim, if you like, or, or a kind of idea that um, has gained a, a lot of currency or, um, you know, is spoken about quite widely in the alternative sphere and spiritual communities. It's something that I do kind of broadly subscribe to. And that's this idea that um, as we move forward and things fall apart even more, in the world uh, and the, our 3D reality becomes even more bizarre. Um, this is the idea that eventually everyone will be forced to wake up. That no one is going to escape this process of 
awakening. Uh, everyone is going to be rattled. Uh, everyone is going to be forced to um, to move to a new understanding uh, of themselves and the world, a truer understanding, and they're going to have to see a way through the lies, the delusions, the self-deception. So, I mean, of course, the first thing to consider... Um, what does that mean, the whole idea that everyone is going to be faced to to wake up? Now, what I think it means is that, uh, I do subscribe to this, that the conditions on planet Earth will eventually become so bizarre, so unutterably extreme, people will be forced to look beyond the external drama, or if we use the um, Plato's uh, uh, allegory of the cave, the shadows on the cave wall, they will be forced to look beyond the shadows on the cave wall, which isn't isn't real, and look within themselves. Otherwise, they're just going to be consumed by all the madness and insanity in the external world. All the the name calling, uh, the gross polarization, um, the the unwillingness to just admit, um, even as individuals in our day to day lives, that we can be wrong, that we got something wrong, that we misunderstood a situation that we misunderstood the intentions um, the intentions of someone else. And I think when we think more bright, more broadly within society, some might say, well, the political class, the political establishment, political systems, how, how are they going to be forced? How, how are they, let's just, let's just say, how are they going to be forced to change? In what way will they change? Well, I mean, I believe that, um, I believe, I believe that, um, Eventually, things are going to, be going to get so um, extreme and that's going to permeate or filter through, through all of society. And I think, as many people have spoken about, this sort of splitting into two, into two realities is something I've spoken about on my sister's show, Discerning Consciousness Podcast, living in two realities, shameless plug there, uh, which I did during COVID, is this idea that this idea of a new reality with new ideas of how we organise life on this planet and just how we treat one another, that eventually, I believe, um, sort of like uh, mirroring the mandala effect or the hundredth monkey syndrome, that will, the a more conscious, a more kind of life-affirming um, reality will radiate and permeate all of life. So it will just become normal. Uh, it will just become normal to treat people in a in a humane way. As again, as I've spoken about before, it will become more normal for corporations um, to behave in ways where they don't rip off their customers, to behave in ways where profit isn't the bottom line. And I know that seems like an extraordinarily um, how should we say an extremely naive thing to say when we look out into the world right now. And the conditions on the planet, as the evil seems to be, cut, be becoming more intensified, as the greed seems to be, be becoming more intensified, as there seems to be more war, more, you know, more um, completely, completely um, situations where there's bloodshed and it, and it doesn't need to take place. Like I said, in, in Ukraine and many other places where humanity just seems to be exhibiting kind of like the the worst of of our aspects the worst of our um, animal nature i think why we're seeing that is because as you get nearer the point 
where things change or where a new reality does emerge, then the old or the existing reality, some you could describe it as the darkness or the shadow, that just intensifies and becomes more intense because it's almost, I know this is quite a simple kind of metaphor that I'm using, but sometimes they're quite handy simple metaphors, but it it's like an animal that is um, backed into a corner. It becomes more aggressive if it feels its life is threatened. So the shadow or the darkness, it does seem as if it's having more free reign, it does seem as if it's uh, more easily able to min manipulate events within society. But that's only because I believe um, the conditions on this planet are changing so quickly now and it has this awareness that its time is short and so it's trying to just sort of bring the house down or or set everything on fire. One last sort of um, uh, gross sort of manifestation of evil and we again back to the Ukraine situation, Russia, NATO, uh, Western powers you can see this with this constant provocation of uh, Putin in Russia because they want Russia to respond, which then gives them an excuse, the West an excuse to respond. And then you have a potentially a huge, a huge war breakout, which for the dark forces, which for the shadow, of course, would be would be perfect right now because that would create more gross polarization, would create more horror, more bloodshed more bloodshed and and more as i was uh, speaking about in my last show more delicious louche en energy for the dark um predatory forces to, to feed on but i still do remain confident that even though i do subscribe to the idea back to the main point that everyone will be forced to wake up eventually and hence the conditions on work on this planet are going to get extremely extremely dicey even in the western world we've had years of comfort and ease and convenience i think that will increasingly um change but all for a higher purpose all for a higher a higher good so yes i think eventually everyone will kind of things the perception will um of a new reality will impact many many people uh, whether everyone will wake up that's hard to say. It could take 50 years, 5 years, 500 years. But I do, yeah, I do. I am very much um, open open to um, such an idea, um, even though it does seem, even though it does seem like kind of crazy at the moment. But the reason why I've just um, shared that with you guys today is because I think it's, it's something that can give us a bit of lift or a bit of, a bit of hope if we become a little bit too obsessed with all the doom scenarios out there and, and i understand that it does look um a little bit catastrophic what's going on and um but i think if we think in terms of this sort of global awakening then it can give us some sort of um hope that things will change grounded hope not hopium some sort of um grounded hope for the future anyway i just want to move on next to um one of my um things that i like to return to from now from uh now and again and that's uh, my latest energy update so basically how i've been feeling how how i've been processing reality um in just over the last week or so since i last spoke to you guys so in terms of my energy update it's a bit of a um bit of a paradox this work week in that I've been feeling in my sense 
sorry, in myself, I should say, a sense of needing or desiring to remove things that no longer work, to clear out, to clear out what no longer works. And that could be because very simply we're coming into springtime and springtime, of course, is always about getting into our closets, our cupboards and perhaps donating clothes to charity that we know that we no longer use or have a use for or clear, uh, clearing out the backs of cupboards or grotty little spaces in the corners of rooms that tend to get forgotten where all the cob where all the cobwebs um, form so just that idea of clearing out our physical space so it's something quite common this time of year um, coming into early spring in a number of uh, in a in a matter of weeks but also in a kind of um, in a more whimsical way this idea of what I've been feeling it's creating the space for new ideas new realities and new ways of being as I was just making reference to this idea of everyone being forced to wake up. I think that is part of this process. And I'm I am um I'm feeling it more and more. And also um the idea of the idea of detachment and how, how I'm constantly aware of there are certain things that I'm trying to build in, in, in my life, certain things that I'm I'm working on. But at the same time, having an awareness that at any time that could be taken from me, as with any as with any of us, things that we cherish, things that we hold dear could be taken from us at any time. And that could be in the form of a person or perhaps um, it's a hobby we do or a business or uh, maybe uh, an organisation that we volunteer for or, or any or any of the kind of uh, weird and wonderful things that we like to do just within myself having this awareness that that isn't me that doesn't define me um that those things are important for us to maintain um healthy mental health and, and to um you know make life enjoyable and pleasurable but at the same time having this awareness that i wouldn't welcome or none of us would welcome to lose those things that we cherish but at the same time recognizing that we could lose them at any time so that's what i've been that's what I've been feeling. Um, so the paradox, the paradox or the reverse, I feel when I go out into the world, when I look at the media, when I go online and, and, and look on the Internet and social media and all the rest of it, it does appear as if the reverse is also true um, in that um, there is a sort of clinging more and more to conformity not there's a general acceptance within wider society within institutions within governments within corporations that there is no need to change a general lack of acceptance of the need to change within all levels of society and we are just stuck in this forever cycle of the blame game he said she said as i was saying before and always um just um not not recognizing um, the power that we have as individuals, um, our own innate uh, godlike power, which we which we all have, and so that's why I just see within sort of TikTok mainstream society when I'm out and the energies that I feel from people post COVID, I think we've still got a lot of post traumatic stress going on. I think people are traumatized in many many different ways. So when one feels trauma, what people do tend to do is just cling to what they know because in a lot of instances people really literally don't have the wherewithal or the energy to sort of 
um, spread their wings um, and to try and seek new ways of being. And uh, I, I think, and again, that relates to what I was talking about in terms of what we're dealing with on the level of politics and economics and finance in that we're just having a reinforcement of what is described um, as a psychopathic control grid. We're not seeing we're not seeing uh, any kind of movement away from that. It's just a, a, a reinforcement. And I think that is mirrored within um, the population at, at large in terms of this clinging to conformity, this um, sort of like a rabbit in the headlights, really kind of dazed and confused and just waiting for the for the next big thing to break in the media, the next big thing that people, you know, have to have to put a flag up to show their support for or change their um, change their monogram on their on their Facebook image or whatever it or whatever it might be. And so that's what um, I've been feeling energetically uh, in, the, in the last week or so. So in the uh, last part of today's episode of Into the Void, I just want to offer, if I can, a sort of antidote, really, um, to what's going on, maybe in our own personal lives. It is difficult. It is a challenge. Many of us are facing, um, facing up to certain truths that we've hidden for many years about ourselves and Perhaps our relationships, our intimate relationships, our family relationships, our friendships, um, the reality of our, you know, what our professions or careers might be, or businesses that we run, and quite often it's 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 a real challenge when when we've been maybe lying to ourselves for many years, and at this time the new energy is coming in, the light coming in, the truth without that uh, is is is. Is being brought to the surface so it is it is a challenging time for everyone um, but I just want to offer what I think might be a helpful antidote is um, really making sure that we do embrace creativity as I say it's vital during such times such extreme times because uh, I think it can really be a uh, a very sort of um, important survival mechanism uh, when we look out at all the noise of all the narratives and all the stories and all the craziness and it is um, it's a very accessible way in which we can express different aspects um, of our of our true selves and I know from my own perspective it's quite create creativity is quite a difficult uh, it can be quite a difficult process and that's why um, for some people um, they don't really ever kind of embrace it because it does call upon us or brings up our vulnerabilities and our unspoken insecurities certainly if we want to express ourselves creatively in a sincere way and if we're going to share it online or with people we know there is always the ego always kicks in and thinks, oh, what will people think about it? Will I be liked? What about if they don't like me? What if I can't build a following? What if people make horrible comments? And we have to kind of move, we have to move beyond that. And by the same token, realise um, creativity does come in many forms. It's not just the classical ways in which one might think it could be creative in terms of expressing oneself musically or in terms um, of art or in terms of writing 
things like that or, or painting or drawing. Um, it could also just be with things being creative in how we in how we um, produce uh, our meals, our food, how we speak to people, our, our presence. We can be creative in our presence by um, being giving, sharing and offering ideas with our friends and family and loved ones about things we might like to do together. That's also a very important uh, expression um, of our creativity because I think one sort of negative aspect of the internet is that I know that this has impacted me in the past and sort of to think um, if we're going to be creative in some way, it has to be commercialised or made, or as I've saying, or made available for, for people to view online. And just recently, I've started um, getting into pencil drawing using pencil, and I've got this idea that I'm going to draw each um, image from the um, the major arcana, the Arthur Wake the tarot deck and I'm going to go through the major arcana and, and draw each image because um, I feel drawn to do that at this time so often it can be that you know we're drawn to to do a specific creative thing or creative venture um, it just it sort of, sort of bubbles up to the surface like I say with my idea of drawing the major the major arcana in, in the tarot the, the alpha weight deck and um, the other thing that um, I found more and more quite helpful is that when we have an, an idea that percolates to the surface, I always find it quite helpful. So I have a little notebook on me the whole time to write it down because often we can we can forget and then um, it's kind of lost. And I think these things do permeate to the surface quite randomly, often in the middle of the night. And it's, it's, it can be helpful to just take a little note and to just um, to make sure that, you know, we don't lose that that little perhaps or even if it was a fault or creative fault or um, kind of like a creative um, insight as well. So that's something that I do. Normally, it's not so much a notebook. It's more like little bits of scraps of paper that I have um, in my back pocket. Anyway, there's just some little thoughts to leave you with today um, in terms of um, the importance of creativity and why it's particularly important uh some might say even life-saving during these troubling times on the planet um i just want to leave you guys with a content update i'm currently working on uh an episode on my sister's show discerning consciousness podcast in which i'm going to talk about i'm going to revisit um the truman show one of my favorite films which i've spoken about before in terms of personal awakening i'm going to um revisit it but with a view to specifically a COVID-19 type awakening. As I've said before, I think it's very important that we don't forget what we've been through, the continuing legacy, unfortunately, of COVID-19, the, the pandemic. Uh, but by the same token that we don't, you know, we don't keep on about it. We don't keep, we don't keep picking that scab. But yeah, it will be an episode in which I will talk about um, personal awakening in terms of all of the events um around covid19 for the last three or four years so it's looking at it through a kind of more philosophical lens the whole aspect of the yin and the yang and the dark sorry the light in the darkness i think that's um obviously it was very difficult to, for us to see the light in the darkness um when the events were actually unfolding and there was 
huge limits on our basic human rights and freedom of movement. But I think as time moves on, it does become more, uh, it does become easier to look at things in a more kind of, as I was saying, philosophical way beyond good and evil. And, and in terms of what we can take from harsh conditions and how it can help our growth. So please do check that out in the next week or so. And uh, just lastly, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for your support. I really do appreciate it very much. And I'll speak to you all again soon. Bye for now.